When the scribes and Pharisees asked our Lord about the greatest commandment, he replied, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. So why do we hear some of today's most prominent pastors saying things like this? It had everything to do with how we talk about the Bible. And specifically, or along with that, what we point to as the foundation of faith, which for most Christians, unfortunately, is the Bible. We need to do better. We need to love God with all our hearts and stand unashamedly on the rock of His Word. We need to love the Lord with all of our souls and respond to the worldview issues of our day with the wisdom and discernment that comes only from Him. We need to love the Lord with our minds and understand the calling of God's people in every area of life in God's world. We need to love the Lord our God with all our strength and face the work of building a life-giving, God-honoring culture. Join us for 10 days at the Runner Academy for Cultural Leadership as we consider how the gospel influences all of life and culture and the role that we have to play in applying foundational Christian thinking to every area of life. Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Right. Delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Yeah! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's Acts chapter 4, y'all. This is the gospel heard around the world. Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. Get more at ApologiaStudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A, ApologiaStudios.com. Go there, sign up for all access, partner with us in this ministry, bring the gospel around the world. Millions and millions of people being impacted every single month from all different worldviews. And um, thank you guys for being a part of this with us. Sign up for all access, get more contact from, uh, content from Cultish, Provoked, Sheologians, The After Show. You get Apologia, Ask Me Anything. You also get The Academy. You get Collision, all kinds of stuff. I'm Jeff, the Calm of the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear right there. What up? And that right there is Zachary Conover. Hey, guys. Director of Communications at End Abortion Now. 
grateful to be able to do this show for you guys today. Some important things going on uh, right now. So just to sort of bring you in right now, uh, this last session, uh, we had at least 15 uh, different bills of equal protection and abolition happening across the country, different states across the country. And uh, those are bills of abolition, equal protection. We're praising God for that because uh, just 10 years ago, we were just begging God for one courageous legislator who would do what was right, that would be consistent, a legislator who would uh, stand for equal protection and, uh, and, and, and do what the establishment says that they believe, and that is protect mm-hmm. the pre-born, they're human from fertilization, all humans deserve to be equally protected. That's what these bills say. And uh, last session, we had so many bills going in, all glory to God for that. So much is happening right now. Abortion is illegal nowhere in this nation uh, because of the inconsistencies of the establishment. And so uh, we have a lot of work to do, but things are happening and uh, in, in very powerful things are happening across the country. We have things planned for the next session already. We've got legislators in place, bills that are about to go in. And so be prepared for that. Be praying for this. And please go to endabortionnow.com to give towards this effort. We are working right now. I want you guys to be ready for this and join together with us. Be a part of this with us. Uh, We're putting together right now a docu uh, mentory little mini one expose right now going to why is this still a thing? Why are all these bills dying before committee or dying on the floor? And we have the answer and uh, the answer will shock you. So this would be a, a shocking expose of the central issue, the dirty little secret of the pro-life establishment. And so that's under production right now or in production right now. When that comes out, please help us by getting that into uh, the hands of every single pastor and congregation that you know so we can actually expose the main thing that's keeping this thing alive and legal. Uh, Also be in prayer. We are going to Germany, Germany, uh, to start this work. All glory to God. Very humbling uh, thing to be asked to do this, to meet with pastors in Germany who are going to begin the fight as the church with the gospel to end it in Germany. God graciously gave us that opportunity in Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, and in Scotland. And so now he's given it to us in Germany. So be in prayer for that. We'll give you more details. So if you're in Germany, you'll be able to come meet us. Uh, we are I am, we are teaching there and um, doing some uh, private uh, time with some pastors from across Germany face-to-face face to encourage them and to um, sort of give them a foundation and get them ready for that fight. Uh, We're humbled by that because this fight is not happening from the church like it ought to be taking place in Germany right now. And so that's what's going on. So, so much has been happening in 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 that realm of the issue of the preborn and justice for the preborn and this week or this past week mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah this past Pretty week recently so there was a uh, a tweet the tweet heard around the world right now this is being reported yeah. on by a bunch of different news platforms and that's why we've uh, brought this to you today lizzie marbach said in her tweet um something not very uh provocative in my mind in terms of uh what christian orthodoxy is yeah Yeah. uh here's the here's the tweet you can see it here it says uh, there's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in jesus christ alone to which every christian in history is going Sounds, sounds about right. It's very exclusive. Right. Sounds about right. Sounds, sounds like, like the verse you read at the beginning and a few others. Neither is there salvation in any other except for Jesus Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Mm-hmm. Sounds about like Christian orthodoxy, what Christians have been saying forever. And uh, something happened. Mm-hmm. She posted that. 
And uh, Lizzie got in some trouble with who? Well, it looks like a congressman. Lizzie, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. I know you've been very busy with other interviews, but it's great to have you uh, here with us to talk about this. This is really, really important, and people need to know what's going on. So we've certainly tried to sound the alarm on yes. this kind of thing for years now. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I am honored to uh, be joining you guys today. So, Lizzie, uh, you, I had like a flow going there. I was going to have you sort of bring this. I, okay, I wasn't trying to tell a story, but it's okay. We'll jump in like this. Okay. So, Lizzie, <laughs> Lizzie, <laughs> someone didn't like your tweet, right? Right. right. What, who, what, who was it? I want, yeah. I want, you, I want you to explain your story. I want you to explain it to the listeners who probably maybe have never heard this is going on. Um, who didn't like your tweet? What happened? Was it Satan? <laughs> um, and, no. Well, I'm sure oh, yes. he disliked my tweet as well. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but it was none other than conservative congressman uh, Max Miller. He is a congressman in Ohio. He's a Trump endorsed congressman and uh, bills himself as a conservative fighter for Ohio's 7th district. And he did not like my tweet very much, so much so that he demanded that I delete it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Take it down. Wow. Take, take it nice. down. That's that's amazing. Take down the tweet. There's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in Jesus Christ. So did he say why? Yeah, what, was his, what was his reasoning behind why you'd want to take that tweet down? Yeah, uh, he said that it is a threat to religious liberty, that basically the statement that I made was the most bigoted statement that he has ever seen and that uh, every American has the right to religious freedom and that the tweet went too far except so you. therefore i must delete it yes yeah yeah yes. everyone, Every, has a right to everyone except freedom, for me except for you <laughs> yes the, the, the contradictions abound right the internal critique uh everyone has a right, right to religious freedom shut up yeah <laughs> yeah i i think lizzie too i'd love for you to bring us into this a little bit more uh until recently you were involved with ohio right to life as their communications director is that correct Yes, it is. Okay. So you were there for a while. Obviously, uh, you know, we met earlier this year at a pastor's conference in Ohio. I just, you know, as it relates to what we just read, the tweet, this seems to be a common thread for you. Uh, just stating your beliefs boldly, um, you know, getting it out there, what you believe in terms of not just Christianity, but applying that to this issue as well. So, uh, you know, how does God's word approach the issue of abortion, for example? And you have been very outspoken and bold about this. And your language, the way that you have talked about this issue, uh, bears a stark contrast, uh, you know, with the groups that you've been involved with, in particular, Ohio Right to Life. I wonder if you might just kind of bring us into that and tell us your story of what that's been like to be involved uh, with them and the events leading up to the tweet now that's been viewed over two million times. Yeah. So um, in March of 2022, I took the position with Ohio Right to Life, and I was fully aware of that uh, infighting between um, abolitionists and pro-lifers. Well, I, I wouldn't even call it infighting, but just the, the tension that's there between abolitionists and pro-lifers. And I was fully aware that Ohio Right to Life has billed themselves as the the quintessential pro-life establishment, everything that you guys talk about every week on this podcast, Ohio Right to Life really uh, has led the way in that pro-life movement 
uh, doing some of the things that you guys have exposed. And so I knew that going into it, but I didn't know all of the depths of, of that. Uh, when I was hired, I was hired on by uh, their CEO, Peter Range, which I have to give him credit. Peter is a great man of character. He genuinely does care about ending abortion. Um, but, it, and, and I, I told him that, you know, I'm a bold conservative and that this is what I think our communication strategy should be going forward. And he was fine with that. He said that that would be welcome. And I don't think that he um, fully understood what I meant when I when I said that. And so when I started with Ohio Right to Life, uh, it was right before the Dobbs decision leaked and uh, right before all of that. And so we were very pumped up of about that, very excited about that. And so things were going well for the first few months where, you know, I was, I was putting out the information. I was speaking boldly about abortion. Um, and then Dobbs dropped and it's almost like the pro-life movement com completely just looked around saying, what do we do now? Stalled, <laughs> like, right? Stalled. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just exposed that they, they really had no plan of action after Roe. Uh, they, they just really never thought that it would even happen or prepared for it to ever happen. And so, yeah, like, uh, like you said, everything just stalled literally and figuratively. And so after Dobbs, um, happened our, uh, human life protection act. So their, their life at conception bill that still had immunity for the mother, uh, they were pushing for that. And then it, got paused after after Dobbs um, and they just kept on pausing it and pausing it until finally uh, after the November election, the 2022 midterms, the abortion lobby announced that they're going to be bringing in a uh, November ballot mm -hmm. initiative to enshrine abortion into our Constitution. And when they announced that uh, the pro-life movement as a whole in Ohio made the decision to completely pause all legislation to protect the preborn because they thought that if we passed any kind of pro-life legislation that would just uh, embolden the left to go out and paint us as you know women haters and that they would win the november election hands down if we did any kind of uh pro-life legislation to protect the preborn. now number one even even with our disagreements with their legislation if, if you'd really believe that abortion is wrong, that abortion is murder, that abortion is, is the unjust killing of a human being, I just don't see how you're able to justify saying, well, the lives that are conceived in 2023, they're just going to have to be a sacrifice and collateral mm, damage right. for this mm. campaign. Yep. Uh, I've, and and mm. so the, the second that they announced that that was their uh, plan, I pushed back. I told them this is wrong. And that's when the tension really began to grow is because I spoke up a, a, against that. And I said that this is very clearly wrong. Good. Um, and so that's when they started to really nitpick some of the messaging that I was putting out there. If I said abortion is murder, they would say, can we say abortion is killing instead? Uh, if I said that abortion is evil, can uh, they, they said, can, can we use a softer tone here? Or even if on my personal uh, Twitter account. There was something that had nothing to do with abortion. I got invited to go to the governor's uh, inaugurational or a, a, excuse me, inaugural address um, in January. And he had um, a Catholic priest, a, a Protestant pastor, a rabbi and a Muslim pray at Ohio State House. And I posted about that saying that why why is our so-called Christian governor allowing idol worship to be done 
on Ohio State House. That's right. Um, and they put they told me that I, I shouldn't be tweeting about that against yeah. the governor. And so there was just instance after instance where it was like that, where they were just really being nitpicky with my uh, messaging, whether it's personal or on our official um, social media accounts. And then that's when the Ohio abolitionist group and abortion Ohio was trying to introduce their bill mm-hmm. of abolition. And from the beginning, I was telling Ohio right to life, we need to either support this or remain neutral on this at best. Uh, because if we oppose this, I will have to oppose Ohio right to life. And that will also split the base uh, going into November, which talk about political pragmatism. That just isn't very smart mm-hmm. politically to split your base mm-hmm. during such a monumental moment. Um, and so I was begging and pleading with them and they just really did not like that. And that is kind of everything that culminated and led up to this tweet. So, wow. Thank you for that, Lizzie. Oh, man. Praise God for amazing. Yeah. Praise God yeah. for Lizzie. Uh, what a strong and, what a strong woman there's even you know instances yeah. where i think you called out an abortionist too on your your personal account and i mean you essentially called them what was appropriate they were a, a murderous liar correct yes so that's really what essentially got me fired um on i i think it was maybe two weeks ago now there was an abortion activist this activist is one of the people that's on the team uh, trying to enshrine abortion in Ohio. So she's not just a random, you know, Twitter troll. She's an actual activist in Ohio who's pushing for this November uh, ballot initiative. And she responded back to one of our uh, posts that was explaining the evil of this ballot initiative. And she said that we were wrong. And so then I retweeted her from my personal account and said, you're a murderous liar, Rachel. And my boss didn't like that very much. He said that it was name calling and that we could use a better tone. And I told him, I'm like, I disagree humbly. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm called and commanded to call out evil. And I'm supposed to do it to the level of which the evil is taking place. And Mm. so I'm 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 not going to take that back. And that was really a sticking point where uh, that happened. I think it was on like a Thursday or Friday where I posted that. And then Monday is when my superior and I actually spoke and, and we just came to a point where uh, it was a sticking point for him and it was a sticking point for me. And we we said that we might just have to part ways, but let's pray about it before we make any decisions on it. Um, and then uh, that's when the Miller tweet happened. And then two days later on Thursday is when he said the Miller uh, situation has become too much of a distraction and your social media as a whole is just not the right tone. So we're going to have to let you go. I mean, is there a greater wow. example of what we would call tone police? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you had a quote in one of the Sentinel articles, exclusive interview that you did. And I just want to read it here. We are more offended and embarrassed by calling abortion murder than we actually are about abortion being murder. Mm-hmm. Ah, yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the, the, that's the thing. Right everyone, there. the most obvious thing everybody can see in this is that Lizzie is working with Ohio Right to Life, the organization that says they're trying to end the unjustified killing of human beings in the womb, and she's just doing what is consistent with that platform and saying that this is murder and you have to stop. And if you're promoting it and you're helping it, you are guilty of murder. She's telling the truth about it, and because she's telling the truth about it, she gets in trouble. And that's what we've been trying to say. Yeah for so many years and i know 
years ago, we looked like we had tinfoil hats on our heads. We looked like we were conspiracy theorists and we're saying, look, the establishment doesn't want to use this language. They don't really believe that she's guilty of murder. They're not working to ultimately end this. Their strategy is wrong. Their foundation is wrong. And we just look like these weird outliers and like you guys are just, you know, blowing these in every portion. Like, you do, I don't know if that's really true. And then come the bills and then come the resistance, yeah. not from pro-choicers, but right. from the establishment themselves calling it uh, saying things like we shouldn't call it murder well is the abortionist at least guilty of murder is he a murderer well you know it's a fine line mm-hmm. that's what tony lowinger said who is the vice president of national rights to yep. life he couldn't even say that the abortionist was guilty of murder these are the people who have been in charge people say why are so many people uh, a baby still dying why is this still uh, a thing in our nation and the answer is because the people who are up front who are leading quote unquote, uh, this fight don't really have Christian commitments and convictions. That's the problem. And so when you start talking like a Christian at the legislature or you start talking like a Christian at Ohio Right to Life, you will lose your job. You will lose your position. You will not pass a bill because what they are clear about is that they're not fighting this battle as Christians. They're not standing on the word of God. It's not about the gospel. They are about pragmatism. They are not about principle. That is the truth. And you're seeing it now with the people who are being burned at the stake. And mm-hmm. for what? The costly, costly offering. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the co- this is where you're seeing it. You're seeing it with uh, legislators like we had in Louisiana. Legislators who just put a bill in that says what the establishment says they believe. I mean, this predominantly pro-life legislature looks at the bill and the hearing goes, yeah, that's what we believe, right? I mean, human from fertilization, all humans deserve to be equally protected. And then a week later on the floor, it's the pro-life legislators that are fighting against the bill because they were instructed to do so by the establishment. And you saw our legislator just dumbfounded on the floor, Mm -hmm. like what Mm -hmm. is going on? What is happening? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what you will find takes place is when you tell the truth, when you stand up, when you stand on your convictions, when you stand on those principles, you are courageous and you don't compromise. You will be vilified. You will lose your job. Your bills won't pass because the people who are at the top are compromised. They are not courageous. They are not principled. They are focused on pragmatism. Prove me wrong. Because I can prove everything that I'm saying to you right now. And Lizzie, you said something powerful. You said something powerful that I wanna I wanna emphasize because this was the thing that was the greatest disheartening thing for us in Louisiana is exactly the same scenario that happened with you in Ohio as what happened to us in Louisiana. We have this bill, and Lizzie, they were coming to us, people like uh, Seaball, Re- Representative Seaball was coming to us, and um, uh, uh, Congressman Mike Johnson on the federal level was saying, uh, we believe this bill is right. Uh, we know that it's yeah. it's right. We know that it needs just to pass. Just not now. They just would just now. say, but not now. Not now. And so that's what we were saying to them is you're talking about putting these children out this next year, the thousands that are going to die as a sacrifice so yeah. you can delay justice. Their lives are expendable. Their lives are expendable. Yeah. And that's precisely what they did to you. And so when I say it's not about principle, it's about pragmatism, I have proof it's proved in your life and your experience. It's proved in ours in every state that we've gone to where these legislators whisper to us. They go, your bill is right. I totally agree with it, but not now. <laughs> not now. Delay the justice because it's such a lack of courage. And let me just say that something bold. I don't really care if this offends people because it needs to be said it's true. Lizzie has bigger spiritual balls <laughs> than most pastors and leaders in the pro-life establishments. 
You get the point? Yeah. It's yes, to, she it's, does. It's to their shame. Yes, honestly. to their shame. Yeah, shame on you. And I think that, that point is so key because it's taken that kind of truth-telling and consistent Christian witness to get to this point. Like Christians have stood up yeah. now, are standing up, telling the truth, and now what's happening? Opposition. Yeah. Resistance. Now the mask comes off. Yeah. And we find out who's really serious. Yeah. yeah. I like this. it because it means now the fight is on. Yeah. Now the so, fight is on. So we've been, I know we're dealing with some significant cowardice in Ohio right now, which you can get into but just so everyone knows ohio rights life uh push back against our bill correct well i mean maybe you can fill this out a little bit lizzie so i mean congressman miller's resistance to that was what it was but there is something here that most people would not see on the surface and that is who congressman miller um is uh close to (laughs) in proximity of relationship that is also involved with ohio right to life could you fill out maybe a couple more of those details for us yes so congressman miller's wife emily marino miller uh is on our board her husband is a congressman her father is also a u.s senate candidate uh bernie marino and they're very close to president trump and so they have a lot of political influence they have a lot of power here in the state of ohio um and it yeah so i'm i i i can i I can't speak to what was happening in the background of after my tweet happened i don't know if they had any bearing on the situation or not but i definitely know that they have a lot of influence that uh people at ohio right to life would not want to let go of. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and her and I, even during board meetings, um, it it was always cordial. It was always friendly. She seemed like a really nice uh, girl, but we still, she was someone who I disagreed with on strategy because she prioritized pragmatism and politics over principle. Um, Even when it came to uh, the the principles that the pro-life movement claims that they stand on proudly, not even uh, pushing beyond that. And that was still a, a matter of discussion um, mm-hmm. with her. And so uh, like you were saying, there's a, a lot of buildup here. And with the, the bill of abolition, Ohio Right to Life definitely was opposing it uh, for months. So another one of our board members, um, Mike McGuire, is actually the I, I don't know his his exact title, but basically he's the lawyer for the Speaker of the House, um, Jason Stevens. And so he's his his legal advisor. Um, and while Jason Stevens, uh, the speaker, was talking to our rep that was willing to sponsor the bill of abolition, uh-huh. he bring in Ohio Rights Life's board member to kind of uh, lobby against it. And so Mike McGuire lobbied heavily against uh, the bill of abolition in secret, really. Uh, obviously, it wasn't going out to the public, but he was trying to discourage the representative that was going to bring that bill. He was trying to discourage him very much uh, to not have that happen. And there was a time where I I didn't even realize that uh, Mike McGuire was one of a, it was involved in that situation. And I was just going to speak to the representative myself just to really just hear hear his thoughts. I, I wasn't going to go there, um, you know, as an official from Ohio Right to Life. I wasn't going to lobby for or against the bill. I just wanted to talk to him about it and get his thoughts about uh, what he actually wanted to bring forth and why he wanted to do that. And I had a 30 second phone call with his aide to set up the meeting. I said, hi, my name is Lizzie. I want to set up a meeting 
with rep so-and-so um, about this, this bill is three o'clock. Okay. They said, yes, I hung up the phone. And an hour later, I got a phone call from um, my boss demanding that I cancel the meeting. Uh, and then from that moment on, I, I mean, they never let it go. Uh, even when I was speaking to my, my boss on Monday about us potentially splitting ways, they brought that back up again and said that when I did that, I really broke the board's trust by, by just go, by just setting up a meeting to merely talk about the bill. Um, and so it just really is insane. The, the level of opposition, but what their justification is going to be for that is that it's it's a threat to November. And so bringing that bill forward would threaten November and really we're the ones who are working against the pro-life movement. We're the ones who are putting babies' lives at risk. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what their justification is going to be, is that we're sowing division, we're the ones who are putting this at risk and we don't want November's uh, ballot initiative to to be defeated. We're we're just not acting wisely. Mm. So they're going to do a ballot in initiative. They're going to do this thing. The the leftists, the pro boards are going to do this thing where they try to get their whole worldview. And they're going to try to get on this extreme of the spectrum. We want to just be able to take their lives. Yeah. We want it enshrined in law. They're going full out. Their their worldview and their cards are on the table. They're fighting with courage. They're saying, this is our position. A mother has a right to do this. We're going to make sure we enshrine this in law. Yeah. And the people yeah, who are leading united. on the other side can't fight with their worldview. No, you guys aren't allowed to use your courage and worldview. We're going to let them be courageous and get everything they want. We're not going to fight back with the truth. Lizzie, this is really in the vein of, of whistleblower because you are an insider. You work for the establishments. And so here we are now. Praise God for your faithfulness. I want everyone to hear you, and 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 please just t- tell us tell us your story. Um, we've been saying for years that it is the establishment who p- professes to be pro life, who takes pro life money, that fights against the bills of equal protection for all humans from fertilization. We've been saying that, and I just need to ask you because you were on the inside: Are we telling the truth? Yes, absolutely. I was honestly very disappointed to see uh, how true it was. But yes, it is very true. And you can see that even with our coalition that we've created to fight against November uh, November ballot initiative, they named it Protect Women Mm, Ohio. And uh, their entire communications plan is to never even bring up abortion. Or if they do bring it up, they just want to frame it in terms of painful late term abortion. They don't want to talk about abortion at all, um, except for on the extreme sides. And uh, which is a huge reason why they didn't want to Uh, introduce a bill that would talk about abortion. And this is this is me putting on my tinfoil hat. So I'm not sure if this is what's happening. But uh, right now, our heartbeat bill is also uh, held up in the courts and it's been held up since last year. And now I I can't say that the Ohio Supreme Court is is doing anything that someone else is telling them to do. So I I I don't know any of this is a fact. Yeah. But I do have to question how is a conservative court we just run, uh, won three seats last year. How is a majority pro-life conservative court taking over a year to address 
the heartbeat bill to say to see if that can even go into effect. I would have to imagine that they're also putting that on pause until after November. So they don't even want to enact the bill that's passed in Ohio that the pro-life establishment agrees with. Um, and again, I, I I can't verify that that's what's happening. Maybe there's some other holdup that's that's at play that I don't know. Um, I'll I'll risk sounding like Alex Jones there. Well, it's right. It's right it, to ask. It why. is a question. It's right to ask why lives are at stake. Right. Yeah. So we've also said. Lizzie, for years we've been saying that the establishment won't stand on scripture, they won't be consistent, and they don't want to talk about abortion as murder, as they they just don't want to use the words. Like, we're not going to use that language. Lizzie, are we telling the truth? Absolutely. I've gotten spoken to multiple times to not use the term murder, that it's too harsh and that we would offend post-abortive women or that we would uh, enrage the left and just give them a reason to come out against us. Uh, like I was saying, the Protect Women Ohio Coalition, their, their number one talking point uh, against this ballot initiative is that it would remove parental consent, uh, that a parent has a right to uh, say if their child gets an abortion or not, which really is, I mean, that's equal or e- that's that's evil messaging yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to say that as long as a parent says it's OK that a kid can go get an abortion. But God forbid that the parent doesn't know and, and can't put their stamp of approval. That's when it's evil. That's when we should vote against it. But as long as they can say, say, yes, honey, sure, I'll drive you to the clinic, then it's then it's OK. Uh, that's been their number one messaging is parental consent that this is an anti-parent amendment, yeah. not can't, that this is an uh, an abortion. You can't, can't just tell the truth. You want to play around the edges. You can't just be bold. And, and I'll give you an example of that when we went to um, uh, the Republic of Ireland, uh, when they were basically going to legalize uh, decriminalize abortion in the Republic, the pro-life establishment swooped in. I mean, yeah. immediately, like, let's set up shop. Let's let's start the work in, in Republic. And so we were there the day before the, the, the big march right. yeah. and everything else. And so the establishment sets up in Dublin and Dublin. we're in Dublin and we're there and we're watching the establishment set up their signs. And here is this country that for like forever is yeah. like abortion is murder. It's a crime. Yeah. It won't happen in Ireland. A biblical stance. It's a biblical yeah. stance. No one has a, it's, it's like they're, free, they're forgetting this. Nobody has a problem here in Ireland calling it murder. Don't you understand this? It's already against the law. It's already a crime. And they set up shop. And even in that context, they are so timid and afraid and cowardly that the signs i couldn't believe my eyes well i could believe it but i just couldn't believe that you guys aren't seeing the context of what you're standing in the sign said abortion kills love abortion kills love these are the signs they're feeding into the republic of ireland where abortion is murder and a crime abortion kills love and i just thought to myself now don't know you dunce abortion (laughs) kills a child abortion kills a human being yeah Yeah. and they just can't stop playing around the edges but one more i'm going to ask you another one too so we've been saying for years lizzie you've been on the inside now you know you're a follower of jesus christ you just wanted to be faithful you wanted to protect these children you step into the context where everyone is given their dollars to actually end this thing we've been saying that the pro-life establishment um, wants a protected class of killers. They want women to be seen not as guilty. They want them to be seen as victims. We've been saying that the establishment believes that. Lizzie, are we telling people the truth? Yes, absolutely. Uh, There was a few people that were on the inside that when I would speak about it to them, they would say, no, you're absolutely right. I agree. 
but now is not the right time. Yeah. Um, or there, there might've even been one or two that were 100% there with me, but that they just wouldn't speak up about it otherwise. But the majority of the people that are in the pro-life establishment and really the people that are at the top want no part to do with that. I remember there was one conversation that I had with our president, Mike Anadakis, um, and I was discussing the abortion pills and I was, I was, laying out the situation to him and telling him, well, you know, these women are ordering them online from these websites and uh-huh. it's perfectly legal. It's 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 nothing that can be prosecuted against. It's a crime without a criminal. So how do we even attack this if we're never going to criminalize the the mother as well? And he just looked at me and he's like, yeah, I know it's crazy. Right. And I'm like, so, yeah. so what are we going to do about it? Yeah, and right. he just kind of shrugged his shoulders mm, yeah. and, and walked, walked out of the room. Mm. Uh, and that, that's just so, dis- it, I mean, you have to ask, do you even care? Right. If, if you've made your career claiming to be this pro-life champion and you can shrug your shoulders at the thought of tens of thousands of babies dying by the pill, that just tells me, it, it just makes me question like, what are you even doing? Here? Is this an industry? Is this an industry or is it a, a ministry of justice? Mm. It, that's mm. the question, right? Is this an industry, a business? Is this about the money and jobs and careers or is this about justice for these little babies? Uh, that's mm. that's that it has to come down to that every single time. And I'm sorry, I have to say it. I know that Lizzie, look, there's people like you who um, exactly like you, and I know I know them personally, people send me messages. I know there are people who are with Students for Life who are on the same page, they're trying to work from the inside and bring consistency. I know other organizations, there's believers there saying, I'm hanging on by a thread, I'm doing my best to bring consistency. I understand that, I totally do. That. So when we say the establishment, it's like you said, the people at the top, the messaging is don't call it murder. She must be protected. She's a victim. She cannot be punished. And if you think again, if you think I'm, I'm exaggerating to make a point, I am not. In Louisiana, in Louisiana, we had a bill on the floor to abolish it, to give equal protection to all humans from fertilization. It was a simple, simple bill. It was fought against by the establishment, by Mike Johnson, uh, by Louisiana uh, Right to Life. It was, it was fought against by all those. And the day of the vote, the letter comes out. How convenient. The letter comes out the day of the vote to legislators across the country that they do not want legislators in this nation to put a bill in of equal protection that would lead to the criminalization of the mother or to see her as guilty as all. That's over 70 of the largest pro-life organizations in the nation from the states and at the top all said, don't pass the bill. And so our legislators in, in, in Louisiana are walking around on the floor mm. and they had just said they were going to say yes to the bill. And now they've been instructed, not by the pro-choicers, not by the pro-aborts. They've been instructed by the establishment. It was indoctrination. Yeah. It, it, they're walking around like, with it. Here's our doctrinal statement. Here's the truths that we confess. Yes. Here's our confession of That's faith. That's our confession of faith. This Do, is our will doctrine. you adhere? That's but right. it wasn't even indoctrination. I would say it was, uh, you know, they were basically trying to enforce it. Yeah. Through, oh. by threatening oh. them. So sure. it was worse than indoctrination. There's coercive was, aspects yes, exactly. to it for sure, but yeah. I just yes. meant, here's yeah. our doctrine. Yeah. yeah. And no, I know, I know. Here's just, our theology. Right, yeah. And But the remember, though, that that, that and, and Lizzie, it was just, just this like moment where you're like, I know God is sovereign. He's in full control. He is doing something. We're planting seeds here. But it was like, this is stunning to watch this happen. We see the legislator, Seaball, uh, uh, who is just an absolute fraud, and he had just been in office with me like two days prior. And 
he is crying, saying that I only got into the legislature to end abortion. That's And I know this bill is right. It has to be done. And he brings out the arguments that the establishment is telling him to use against the bill. And we knocked out every single one of them, proved him wrong. So that's absolutely not true. That is not true. And then he's using those very arguments that he knew were false. He knew were false on the floor, lying to the legislature because oh, yeah. we had just proven them wrong. He understood they were wrong and used them anyway. And then it gets worse than that, though, because before they went on the floor, they called this private meeting everyone except danny mccormick except danny mccormick they actually barred him out of the meeting yeah they did they 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 did not allow him in the meeting our representative who put the bill in who is a member of the louisiana legislature he is the representative they kept him out of the meeting they called a special private meeting down into the basement with all the legislators trying their best to talk everybody out of saying yes to the bill that would have protected the children in Louisiana from fertilization, which means that everyone, I'm sorry, you have to tell the truth. I know this is hard, but there is grace and freedom and forgiveness in Jesus alone, but I got to tell the truth. Every single one of those legislators that voted against that bill, every single one, has the blood of every child who's died in Louisiana after that on their hands, and they are accountable to God for it. That's the truth. Alan Seaball is accountable to God for every baby dying in Louisiana right now. Uh, Mike Johnson is accountable to God for every baby dying in Louisiana right now. And you know, you might be thinking, man, this is some hard stuff to say. Well, you know, maybe that's the problem is that we haven't been saying the hard, truthful stuff for long. And so all all this darkness has crept in because there's no light. It's under a bushel. It's under a basket. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, if I can offer encouragement to everyone out there, even to you, Lizzie, like this has been happening for years, just behind closed doors yeah. in secret. And what's awesome, even though it's painful, darkness is being brought to light. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, Lizzie, you're a hero for doing that, for Amen. bringing darkness yeah. to light yep. and revealing the awful cowardice that's going on behind closed doors. So like, I, I just want to encourage all of our listeners out there, like, even though it looks dreadful, this is actually a step in the right direction because That's it's right. no longer being done in secret. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's yeah. ugly. Yeah. But, you know, so was the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah. And it led to the salvation of Quite the world. Quite a bit world. of fruit from that. Yeah, it was a yeah. bit of fruit from the, from the evil that God allows. Uh, you, know, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And so, Lizzie, Luke is right. You are a hero. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, bringing this out is uh, one of the greatest gifts. We wouldn't have thought it would have gone this way, right, necessarily, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm curious about is since this has all happened, I mean, obviously, Ohio Right to Life has released a statement about the tweet and everything. But what has happened subsequently after this whole thing? Like, I guess, where are we at now and what's next? Uh, Well, I really they've they've been pretty quiet since then. I uh, it seems as though it has come out that the uh, representative who was going to bring forth the bill of abolition in September, he has now canceled that. He Mm -hmm. said that he's no longer going to do that. Um, And he's also actively working to ensure that no other representatives will do that, as well as the pro-life establishment. The leaders are making sure that he's not going to uh, that that no other legislator will will bring that forth and and just to kind of touch on what you were saying about how there's many other people who are working from the inside at pro life um, establishment groups. I will just say, um, you know, I it, towards my the end of my tenure there, I began to be very convicted because. I, as the uh, communications director, I was going out and I was speaking on behalf of Ohio Right to Life and I was lending and granting them legitimacy by having me 
as a representative or by having even our CEO, Peter Range. Like I said, I, I do really respect the work that he does, but he's granting them legitimacy that's unfair because the work, the actual work that's being done by these organizations don't deserve to have that kind of legitimacy because we're fooling our supporters into thinking that we have these, you know, brave, bold freedom fighters that are trying to end abortion, but the people who really are making influential decisions have no um, intention of actually doing that. And so I would just encourage those who are at pro-life establishment groups to just pray about it and really, really seek the Lord and and see, hey, it, who know, it, it could be God's plan that, that they're there. Um, but it, it also could be you know, just, just granting them further legitimacy that they don't deserve. Um, and so that's just something that I would like to warn about Thank you, Leslie. Uh, as somebody who, who's done that. Yeah. I, I think that it, it can be a little bit dangerous. I'm sure it was a real struggle for you, sister. I'm yep. sure it was a real struggle for you to try to be faithful to Jesus and try your very best to bring justice to these, these children while in the midst of all this compromise and inconsistency it was probably very, your life has been very, very challenging. But I thank you for your faithfulness. All glory to God for it. Thank you for for doing what you've done and saying what you've said. Um, And I I just want to say this is coming from me, not Lizzie. This is my opinion. This is what I would call you to. If you have given money to or you're giving money to Ohio Right to Life, stop. Stop. Uh, Stop. They do. If you're a believer who believes in God's word and the gospel and you want to be consistent on this issue, stop giving money to these organizations because they do not have any intention ever right now without repentance over their doctrine, their belief. They do not have any intention of actually criminalizing abortion and abolishing it across the board. They want a protected class of killers. They, they were actually on the letter, by the way. Yep. They, they were, were on the letter. The signatures too. And- uh, I'm not telling you any, I'm not telling you tales out of the schoolyard. This is, uh, they got their, their signature online. Right. And so. con- conversely, please, you know, do all that you can to support groups like end abortion, Ohio. Um, you know, they're good brothers there. They're working really, really hard, have, uh, sacrificed a lot and have tried to push uh, very, very hard to get this bill, uh, to come forward and to have it see the light of day. So they've been faithful. I'm very thankful for those brothers. They're good men and, uh, they're involved on the front lines fighting for justice at their state. One of the, one of the things that we've said for many, many years is that this needs to be the work of the local church for a reason. Uh, there's accountability there. There's, uh, there's a commitment to Christ and his authority and the truth coming from the local church. Um, and at the same time, when you have this as a movement of the local Christian church and churches working together and even, even building networks and organizations together as churches and Christians to do this as followers of Jesus to be consistent. When you do that, you can say, uh, hey, this is going to be ended completely tomorrow. You guys good with that? Everyone goes, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are you going to do for like work? You've been doing this full time. What are you going to do for work? Uh, I'll, ta- I'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll go on to the next thing. <laughs> but I, I just want this done and over with. I don't want the machine to go on anymore. I don't want the industry to go on anymore. I don't want this thing to exist anymore. I want abortion under the feet of Jesus, I want it abolished and I want to move on. I want it over with. Can these uh, organizations, can the industry, can the machine of the pro-life establishment say the same thing? I'm doubtful. Are there people who within their own hearts would be fully fine? Yeah, but I don't know. The machine seems to want to keep going. And um, and like Lizzie said at the beginning, I think because they were so inconsistent and they have a, a doctrine that is heretical, according to scripture and all of church history, because of that, when Roe was, okay, that's out of the way, they're standing there going, uh, what yeah, now? now? What? Yeah. Well, what now? Yeah. And the reason they were going, 
and they are today even going, what now is because there's a, there's a little heart beating. There's a little heart beating right there. And it's the thing feeding blood and pumping blood into the whole system. And right in the center there is this belief that she can never be guilty. She's not guilty. She must be protected. And because that heart is beating, it pumps blood and it keeps this thing alive because that's the main thing. Rose out of the way. So are we good now? No, because she is a victim. She must be protected. She is not guilty. She doesn't need forgiveness. That's the thing keeping this alive. It's a dirty little secret of the pro-life establishment. It is the thing that when we overcome it, we will establish mm -hmm. justice. Mm -hmm. It is the thing, watch this, look, next session, we got legislators right now, faithful, faithful, faithful uh, legislators who are putting the bills in. And every single one of those bills is gonna be fought against by the establishment and killed by the establishment because of this central issue. She is not guilty. She is a victim. She must be protected. She must be able to deal with impunity. They are literally writing legislation that when they write, like, write legislation, they ensure, well, we're gonna make it a crime. It's gonna be, you can't do it, blah, blah, but we must protect her, except for her, except for if she does it, except for if the mom does it. And so when that is overcome by the Christian church, this central issue, mm -hmm. we will end it legislatively, Amen. just like slavery just like slavery. It's it's over and done with in our nation in terms of where we've come from. We see it as this horrific mark and blight on, on our own record, only because of the work of Christians yeah. and the Christian church and Christian abolitionists. But it's behind us legislatively now because of consistency. It's very simple. That black man, that black woman is my brother and my sister. They are in the image of God. They are created equal. They deserve equal justice, equal protection. And then full stop, boom, it's over. Can't do it. It's a crime. You'll be punished. Who will? Anybody involved. We're not naming genders. We're not saying classes. Yeah. We're saying if you're involved in this, you're guilty. It's a crime. When we when we can see this consistently, that's exactly what will happen. This will go under the feet of Jesus. It'll be over, and it'll be a blight on the record of our nation. But Christians will look back on it as victory because of what Christians did. Mm -hmm. So we need to say the rep's name. Right? Yeah, Bill, Representative Bill, Bill Dean. Dean. He's the coward we're talking about. Not only did he promise to run this bill, um, now, as Lizzie said, he's mm -hmm. actively fighting against it. He will uh, not, by the way, he won't allow it to be released from the committee that it's in to have anyone else run yeah. it. So if you're in Ohio, this man works for you. You need to let him know how upset you are with him. Um, call him to consistency. Call him, call him to consistency. Call him out. He is being a coward. He's backtracking. and Plead with him to do the right yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, plead with him. Do the right thing. Lizzie, you're the best. And <laughs> Thank you. Lizzie also is expecting. Yes. Woohoo! Yes. I am. That's right. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm due next month, which also uh lent a, a little bit of fire in my belly as I fought these trials. Cause I'm like, so you're sitting here saying that people like my son mm. are okay to just not be protected. It, it, it just really put everything in, into perspective. Yeah. And as a young woman, my myself, you know, I don't see how any woman would be able to walk into an abortion clinic or order a pill online and take it at home and not know what, she's doing Amen. people know that abortion is murder they know that it's wrong it's not a matter of ignorance that we have to overcome it's a matter of the heart um and we can only touch the heart if we are speaking the truth and so thank you guys for all that you do to really uh share the truth about what's happening and bring light into darkness Absolutely. i love 
You know what we call that? That's called glorious providence. Amen. That in yeah. the midst of this, in God's perfect plan in history, he orchestrates every single detail and goes, and this is the time period I'm going to give Lizzie her baby so that when this is happening, she's got a little fire in her belly. Yeah, um, yeah it's powerful. Uh, it's powerful, glorious providence. We, we have a great God. Um, Lizzie, thank you for your faithfulness. I hope we can do some more in the future together because... Um, you, you really do now, and I know you weren't necessarily planning on this, you really do now uh, stand as somebody who is an insider and, and a whistleblower, as mm-hmm. this is the truth, Christians need to know it, and uh, I just thank you for your courage, even today, in speaking about specific details that people need to hear about, that maybe a lot of people would, you know, sort of dumb down those details, you told them, because people need to hear it. So thank you for your faithfulness, and um, I'm just grateful for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, likewise. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Man, what an amazing Praise thing. God. What an amazing yeah. thing. So, His um, timing is the best. That's right. Everybody, <laughs> uh, if you would, uh, go to endabortionnow.com. Um, there, there is a, a map on the site where you can check your, you can check the site. You can, you can see what's going on in that state. You can find out who needs to be contacted in your legislature. Uh, do be in prayer if you would. And, and the, you know, maybe we could talk about this guys. It's something that, um, Lizzie, she brought up that I think is important for us to address. And that is that, um, the Dobbs decision happens and then everything just sort of stalls with the establishment. Mm. But there's we I mean, we expected that, of course. We know right. what they were fighting against and what they're not fighting for. But so everything stalls. But here's here's the damaging part. Listen, please, I got to bring you into this, everybody. Look, if you if you love us, you care about us, and you've ever cared about anything we have to say, you, you've got to hear this. This is a, this is a really really bad place we're in right now. There are Christians and people in this nation who think that abortion is basically over with and done and that like the fight is, is yeah. essentially over. The if apathy we, that, sets that in. Can, cannot be farther from the truth. It is not true. It is, it is illegal nowhere. It is illegal nowhere. As a matter of fact, you're seeing it right now. It, it, there are people trying to make, make bigger moves to enshrine it even harder into their state legislature and into federal law and all the rest. It is not even close to over. And I know that everyone goes, Oh, good. Okay, Rose out of the way. Okay, whew. Okay. And you feel like it's like, okay, so we're, we can take a breath now. No, no breaths. No, no breaths. Like the, we're like in the middle of the battle and it's raging. It's yeah. raging. And more than that, now we see that the battle is raging. It's still going on. There's bloodshed everywhere. The fight is on. We're getting beat up. And uh, over the horizon there are more enemy, enemy troops pouring in. And Christians are going, well, Rose out of the way. I guess we're, we're yeah. pretty good to go. It's like, no, we're not even yeah. close. Now, cl- and what I mean is, is we have so much to overcome for this to get actually get established. We have work to do, and we need you to be a part of this. My, honestly, my, the, what troubles my soul right now, right, and I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was like, literally, I was like focusing in on this, like, what's troubling my soul right now, right now is there's so much quiet. Yeah, no urgency. Mm. There's so much quiet. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's quiet. And people are just like lost that intensity and that fervor. Look, you can't do that. You can't do that. These babies are dying. They are really dying. These are real human beings. Stop being apathetic indifferent and indifferent towards this. You have to fight. Ugh. You've got to fight with us. Look, uh, be a part of this. Sign up for End Abortion Now with your church. Go save babies at the abortion mill. Be a part of this when we go to these different states. Stand with us. Get other churches involved. We need you. We need you. I, I got to be. I got to confess this. I'm just being totally honest because I think this interview will be seen by a lot of people because we have an insider and a whistleblower. It is uh, disheartening at times from a human perspective when you're in Louisiana and you're fighting this bill 
to get this bill of, of, of equal protection in and you look next to you and it's like, I can count on two hands the amount of people who are involved right now in fighting yeah. for this bill. Right. I, I'm like, literally, I'm like, look, at okay, okay, I got Conover, I got Luke, I got Zach, I got Bradley Pierce, I got Brian Gunter, I got Danny McCormick, and I've got like two other three pastors that sort kind of show up, like, sort of, they're like, you know, thumbs up, hey, you know, keep it up, brother, sort of thing. And I'm, I'm going, is this really it? Mm-hmm. Now, I know everyone's going to say, but yes, Pastor Jeff, that's how God does it. He whittles the army down to nothing so everyone sees he gets his glory. I get that. But it doesn't change the fact that it's disheartening to go, where in God's name are all the Christians? Yeah, yeah. Where are you? Like, this is all over the news. Yeah. The establishment knows. This is your moment to yeah. rise up. And I'm looking around in the day, at the day of the vote in the legislature. And yeah, I'm thanking God. I'm thanking God that something historic happened that day, not just with the bill of equal protection that went in, but I am thanking God, yes, that that day we had Christians that traveled all the way from Oklahoma, all the way from Texas, people that drove for like two days to get to this legislator just to stand there and to worship and to stand for the truth. I thank God for it. Mm -hmm. I do. Christians came from all over, but that's also disheartening that it was Christians that came from other states right. yeah. to fight for right. the children in Louisiana. Where were the Louisiana pastors? Yeah. Where were you, men of God? Where were you that, that that talk trash on Sanctity of Life Sunday in January? That's all you're doing. You're talking trash. Be honest. Confess it to God. Repent of it. You are a trash talker. You talk trash against dark, darkness. You stand up on your Sanctity of Life Sunday. You give a message about abortion. Maybe you've given one message on abortion every five years or whatever, so you can sort of just sort of check the box. I've done that. But the truth is, is you're a coward. You didn't do anything. You won't fight because honestly, you don't care. Mm -hmm. That's the truth is yep. you don't really care. And that's why you weren't there. If you knew about the bill and you didn't support it, you didn't stand for the children, then shame on you. Yeah, you didn't really believe that their lives were as valuable as yours. That's exactly Let's right. Say it. Exactly. And so my plea to you as a pastor, as a Christian in any of these states is you've got to stand. You've got to do something. We we are such Christians. I'm talking about myself here too. I'm I'm in this too. I've got failures and compromise and weaknesses in my past, but we all do this. We talk trash. We're like, if I was around during the time of slavery, I'd have said and done something. Really? Would you have? Hmm. Would I have? Or how about yeah. like if I was living in Nazi Germany, I'd have yeah. said and done something. Really? Would you? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, because you know what? It don't look like it today. Like, we've got this massive slaughter that, like, eclipses the Holocaust on, like, magnitudes by the metric ton. And here we are saying and doing really not much, because we got more important things to do than care about the, pri the plight of the preborn yeah. and fatherless children. That's the truth. You know, what you said reminds me, it's not only the problem of silence, but I saw something come across Twitter today, too. Lizzie was just talking about one of the people that represent the Center for Christian Virtue, which is a public policy entity in Ohio. Um, you know, one of their board members is proven to be actively opposing the bill of abolition. Mm -hmm. And this group is self-described as reflecting the truth of the gospel for the good of our neighbors. Like that's their tagline, Wow! right? They're having an event at wow. the state house the same day that the rally for Ohio was being planned for uh, our bill there that we're involved in helping out with. And it's going to be a time of worship and prayer. And all I can think about in my mind is sing a little louder. Mm -hmm. That's all I can think about mm -hmm. is those victims in the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. They were taken away on trains and, you know, Christians worshiping in church, they could hear the activity they could hear they were being taken away to death mm -hmm. and what was the response 
sing a little louder. Oh man. Drown right. out the noise with singing. And all I can visualize is God speaking to his people through Isaiah chapter one. Chapter one. When you spread out your hands to offer prayers and worship, I won't hear you. I won't hear you. I won't hear you because your hands are filled with blood. I will hide my yeah. face from you. Right. That's what he says. You said yeah. it's the same day. Same day. Same location. September 13th at the state house. The same location as ours? I don't know exactly, but I just saw the tweet. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wheels thinking, turning. Yeah, thinking. <laughs> Wheels keep <laughs> turning. <laughs> hey, it's guys. Like on one end, it's like the silence. Where is everybody? And then false offering mm -hmm. offered up on the other side. Yeah. You know, yeah. not righteousness, not justice, not acting so that mm -hmm. that's preserved. Yeah. But an empty vain sacrifice. That's right. God says, cease to do evil, learn to do good, correct yeah. oppression. Yeah. Unless it's a time of repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much today. Hey, you guys may have noticed the patch. See that right there? That's the ion layer patch. You got yours in finally. I did. You're going to get on it, yeah, right? You need I to should get have on. brought it so you, you could like, get, go get, through it with me and be like, hey, here's how you do it. I know people see this and they're like, what are you doing? Is that a nicotine patch? Pastor Jeff, you having some problems? Like, you know, something like that. This, <laughs> oh, this, there is some kind of nicotine in there, though. Is is there? Remember, that's what the end is. It's like nicotine. 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 Something. Something, yeah. It's a... It's uh yeah, it's a it's a long name. It's N A D N A D. Yeah. We'll just call it it's nab. not cigarette no, no. nicotine. No, no, this is N A D it's it's Thanks a it's a it's a coenzyme that is critical for every cell in your body and the majority of your meta uh, metabolic processes. It carries electrons around your body that are critical for energy, metabolism, DNA repair, and more. It is critical for life and buffers many physiological processes as you age and succumb to inflammatory processes, natural NAD production decreases. In other words, this is the nickname for NAD is the uh, the um, fountain of fountain of youth. youth the fountain of youth because when you're young you have this in abundance and like it's you know everything's powering right because you got that NAD and it's working just right as you get older it declines as much as like you're losing like 50% as you get into like the you know older years um, and uh, so uh, NAD very popular because it's something your body already has it's a god-given thing it helps with the preservation of life and 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 life just being better in terms in terms of physically. And so you've seen me wearing these lately, the NAD patches, um, because uh, there are a couple ways you can get NAD into your system. Uh, people who are you know wealthy and and in sports and all the all the rest, they know all about NAD. They use NAD, but um, people typically get it through the IV. And if you're like me and you hate needles and you almost pass out and act like a baby, uh, that's a struggle. A this second struggle is NAD is known to be a torturous experience when you get it through IV. There's like an elephant on the chest. It's it's very challenging. Everyone knows that. Also, NAD through IV is very expensive. It's very expensive. But our friends over at IonLayer, I-O-N-Layer.com, they have a patch where you actually get a uh, 500 milligram treatment, which is a lot of NAD. You get it uh, through a patch and uh, there's no pain, no pain. And I like, sign me up for that. You get, I get all the NAD I want and uh, it doesn't hurt. No pain and you get it into your system. You just wear this patch. It's a little medical device and it is just awesome. And the cost of this is significantly lower than it would be if you did treatments through uh, uh, IV. And so if you want to get on it too, it's, it's honestly... 
It's really blessed my life significantly in a number of ways personally since I've been doing it. Uh, Clarity of thought, more energy at night. I've been recovering faster from working out. My wife started doing it and she had long COVID stuff where she couldn't taste or smell certain things where they smelled really weird. It was like for two years and she started doing the patch and within two or three days, all these smells came back. She got her taste back. And so praise God for that. That is, that's what happened to us. Um, And so I've been doing it. It's phenomenal. Uh, I'm grateful for it. I'm going to keep on it. If you want to do it, go to ionlayer.com. They're hooking up our listeners uh, uh, with a gift, basically. Uh, you get $100 off. When you uh, when you get your kit, you get 100 bucks off. You just need to put APOLOGIA, all caps, into the coupon code line or whatever. So APOLOGIA, all caps, will get you $100 off. I love it. It's worth it. It's blessed my life. So I'm going to keep on it. Keep on it. I'm ready for my next box. Oh yeah, you've you've already you've already sucked all yours up. I sucked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So what we're gonna do right now is go into the after show. Uh, we're going into the after show at apologiastudios.com. We're gonna continue this discussion. It's important one to have over in the after show. So all you gotta do is go on over there, uh, sign up for all access, partner with us in this ministry. You're making everything we do possible. And uh, we'll see you over there. We're going to continue this discussion and talk about some very important things related to what is coming up and how we should fight against it. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. That's Conover right there. I'm Jeff the Coleman Ninja. We'll catch you next week right here on Apologia Radio. And we'll catch you right after this at the after show. We'll see you over there. This is the Academy. I am Eli Ayala of Revealed Apologetics, and I will be bringing a six-part series on presuppositional apologetics. What is this called, the Apology Academy? It's just called the Academy. Okay. What's up, everybody? My name is Pastor Jeff Durbin, and you're watching Collision Today. I'm going to be interacting with an atheist on TikTok. So here we go. Unsupervised and unhinged. Welcome back to Cultish the Aftermath. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ask Me Anything. So you are watching Apologia Radio's after show exclusively for all access.